Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's your host for the next half hour or so, Gina Crash. Really excited to introduce you to my guest this morning. We'll be talking to Tiffany Majors. She is the president and chief executive officer of the Greater Baltimore Urban League. Good morning, Tiffany. How you doing? Good morning. I am well blessed. Um, glad glad to be here. Glad to speak with you this morning. Oh, for sure. And for people that don't know, we're going to learn all about the great work you do. But in, in October, I'm very proud our company, Intercom Baltimore and Intercom you know, Nationwide, announced a partnership with the National Urban League to advance racial justice and equity in the communities that we serve. And locally, we've partnered with you at the Greater Baltimore Urban League. And we're really excited. We'll be speaking to you quarterly on this show, Spotlight on Maryland, to shine the light on the work that Greater Baltimore Urban League does. So this is our first of many interviews, and, and being in that way, I thought maybe it would be a great way to start, since it's the first of our interviews, to sort of take time to introduce you and talk about your role as president and CEO and, and how your background and career path led you to such a, a powerful and important position just a day after uh, we're taping this show, a day after International Women's Day. So I'm really honored. I know you you serve as a mentor to a lot of, of others um, with your powerful role you have here in the city and beyond. So thank you so much, first of all, for taking the time. We know you're busy. Um, to join us. But tell us a little bit about, you know, how long you've been in your current role and, and what you do there. Sure. Um, first, I would like to thank Intercom. Uh, we, we entered a partnership with you all back in October and immediately uh, you all reached out to find out what you could do to get our word across to um, the many areas we serve and the areas we don't serve so that individuals are aware of what the Greater Baltimore Urban League does. So I really appreciate that. We've had a few events uh, since our partnership, and you guys have supported us in, you know, making the announcement and marketing and making individuals, you know, your your partners aware of the, the great works of the Urban League. Yeah, um, we're really, really honored, too, to work with you. I remember back on MLK uh, Junior Day, we did work together and, and other things. So it's it's the beginning of a, a wonderful partnership. And um, thank you so much, too, because it's really, honestly, this is very rewarding and it's very important um, now more than ever. So thank you so much. You better believe it. Um, sure. So uh, the Greater Baltimore Urban League is a nonprofit, nonpartisan, multi-ethnic social service organization. Um, and the mission of Greater Baltimore Urban League movement is to enable African Americans and other minorities to secure economic self-reliance, parity, power, and civil rights. Uh, we've been literally helping the disadvantaged and Marylanders gain access to equal opportunity in employment and in, in quality health care, quality uh, education, 
um, affordable and fair housing and in the civic arena, um, and specifically in Annapolis and ensuring that there is a level playing field for minorities and black and brown individuals in the state of Maryland and, and you know, across America. Um, we provide that through direct uh, hands-on service advocacy, great advocacy, um, referrals, building community capacity, information dissemination, uh, lots of education, definitely educating our individuals, especially now during this uh, national pandemic. It is a greater need for true education. Uh, you know, you can find out so many things off the Internet, uh, both true and false. So, so it's, a, it's definitely a need and a mission of ours to ensure that we educate uh, specifically individuals in marginalized communities who don't always have access to the truth and to information that is being disseminated across the world. Um, we also provide technical assistance to businesses, small businesses um, particularly, uh, in assisting them in sustaining and gaining access to capital funds and grants to sustain their business during this pandemic. Um, many minority businesses were closed over 70%, unfortunately, um, and 95% of those were black businesses. Uh, unfortunately, initially when the PPP loan came out, uh, black small businesses were not the recipients of those grant, grant funding. And now we're going into a year of this pandemic, most of those uh, businesses have not survived. So we've received a lot of support from uh, many of our partners, um, Truist, uh, TD Charitable, Wells Fargo, uh, First Na National Bank, Harbor Bank. Uh, most of our banks um, are, have supported us, Giant, uh, Fraport specifically, um, and Pepsi, PepsiCo have supported us in providing funds so that we can provide technical hands-on assistance to those businesses to survive um, during this pandemic. You know, um, outside of our regular programming, uh, we have three pillars that we provide for education is college and career readiness. Uh, we have a returning citizens program that is specifically for individuals who are returning back to society that were released prematurely due to this pandemic. And unfortunately, they were released early without resources. So we support them in providing them with support and education. We provide them with a laptop um, connection, support them in getting their identification, training, IT training, healthcare training, warehouse training, uh, manufacturer training. We're going to be partnering with uh, BGE as well to provide a workforce development program where we can train individuals who will uh, build a pipeline to um, sustainable employment with BGE. So um, those are some of the things that we're, we're really excited about. And then, of course, our Raymond D. Haysburg Center for Entrepreneurship that I just spoke about in regards to providing one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, workshops, and training. And everything that we provide, all of our services, all of our support and advocacy, of course, is free of charge to anyone who comes to our organization or calls our organization for support. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, wow, I don't think people, maybe they, they do now because we, we've been giving us so much good information, but uh, do you find that a lot of people are not aware of just exactly how much work you do and how much work there is to be done? That's fantastic. It's, it's, it's a ton, and it's, it's very unfortunate because, uh, you know, a lot of our new partners that have reached out to us, you know, 
in support of, you know, just as you all, uh, social justice and, and ensuring that there's equity and equality for black and brown individuals. When they reach out, they a lot of small nonprofits, many individuals are not aware, we survive off grants. And and most of our grants that we've had for decades have been year yearly grants, you know, year to year. So administration, you know, CEOs, um, executive directors are, are often, you know, risk really working around the clock all day, every day, 365 days a year, fundraising and, and hustling funds to provide this support to individuals in need. And, you know, quite often when we, we have such a very small budget, um, we don't have the capacity to have the best, beautiful, updated websites. So a lot of our partners have said, oh, my gosh, you guys do all that. I, you know, I reviewed your website. You guys are doing great things. But, you know, I had no idea you were you were doing all of the things that we've discussed. Right. I just did that uh, this morning. I was checking out more of your website. I've been on your social media a lot. But I was like, wow, I went to the pull down bars. And I'm like, good Lord, this is this is so comprehensive. And even like one topic at a time, like the digital divide that you're trying to bridge that gap, you know, the help of those. Uh, sponsors that give you that technology to, you know, connect to everyone um, and, you know, solving the food desert issue and food insecurity. And that's so important that you get those resources from people who are gener- generous enough to donate time and services and money and resources. And then you can hit the ground running with that. But are there other, I know you mentioned a few of your sponsors. What if, um, do they generally come to you to help? Or if someone is listening to this program this morning and is involved with an organization that has a service that they can help provide the Greater Baltimore Urban League, how can they get in touch with you? And is that kind of how it works? Where do they reach out to you or do you actively reach out to them? And um, and what are your some of your current needs right now that you're looking for that you need to fill in some of those gaps? Oh, absolutely. And thank you so much. Um, Greater Baltimore Urban League, well, the National Urban League ha- was founded in 1910. And the Greater Baltimore Urban League, we are actually coming up on our 100 uh, year anniversary. We have been in Baltimore since 1924. Oh, wow. And- Yes, providing vast services uh, to individuals. Um, since then, I, I run into so many individuals, um, you know, baby boomers in their 50s and 60s, and they continually say, uh, oh, yeah, the Urban League helped me save my house. The Urban League helped me get to college. The Urban League helped me build my business. The Urban League did this, did that. And, you know, it's so amazing, and it's so unfortunate that we have not been able to provide those same um, support systems that they did in the past. Um, a lots of times, my, I guess, ninety percent of my responsibilities as um, as a CEO, you know, it's, it's definitely leadership and, and marketing our our work, but it's definitely reaching out to these different corporations to provide the information that um, that we do at the Urban League. So I've reached I've reached out to everyone. I've reached out. To the Ravens, I've reached out to Giant, to supermarkets, to um, banks. Ninety um, percent of the funds we get have been for, uh, through personal solicitation and reaching out and, and attempting to show these corporations um, that we support what we actually do and how we support and, and build communities for, for now and for the future. Uh, some of the organizations, of course, have reached out to us specifically. We've received more support, uh, unfortunately, in this time 
of COVID and the death of uh, George Floyd. You know, blacks have been killed every day um, by police officers um, and by the justice system consistently. And um, it it was only when we watched nine minutes of a black man being killed by, um, you know, the person that murdered him, Mm -hmm. the police officer, that we receive this type of financial support um, and and personal support. And, you know, we, we've had long-term supporters as far as Wells Fargo and, you know, Bank of America, Facebook, um, Harbor Bank, Enterprise, uh, Giant, de- definitely um, Nelson Mullins, who is our attorney, has provided free-of-charge support um, for the last maybe 20 years, uh, support to us. But, you know, we've, we have new companies that have come on board uh, with NSM Lending and Coca-Cola, Clorox, Blumen Brands, um, Seek Common Ground. These are all new uh, supporters that have reached out because uh, now the situations that have happened with black and brown people have been ex- exacerbated in the um in the media. It's not, it wasn't uh, quiet. It wasn't something that individuals didn't see, but now um, the situation is, is really in your face that these things are happening and they're happening at such disproportionate rates in the black and brown community that some organizations have, have a true sense of what is actually going on. And, and initially, you know, at times I would speak to individuals um, in the white community, and they would say, gosh, I never saw that, or wow, I can't believe that. And, you know, I really did not, I didn't believe what they said. It's like, how can you not believe this? How can you not see what is happening to um, black and brown folk? I'm sure there's crime and, and on black and black crime. There's white on white crime. Uh, you have to look in those areas of disparities where these things are happening, in areas where there is no form of healthy food within 10 miles of that area. There are food deserts, there, there's a lack of employment, there's a lack of, of true support to those in need. And, and we didn't get that type of support until it showed how many blacks were dying of, of this virus that can affect, you know, whites and corporations, as well as watching a black man be killed on live TV where you know, until we went out and, and marched again, as our ancestors did, that individuals want to say, wow, we want to get involved. So, um, you know, l- lately it has been corporations reaching out to us. But before then, it was definitely um, our solicitation and going to different companies, you know. And, and we received very small grants, you know, like $5,000 for an entire year to provide service, up to $15,000. And it really does not support what individuals really say they want to support. You know, you're providing funding to show and to provide support and impact, to impact communities. And $5,000 is is definitely appreciated, but you can't really make an impact on this huge number of poverty that's happening in black and brown communities with $5,000 for one year. Right. You know, that, that's, that's more of a Band-Aid and not, you know, solving solving anything. It's a shame that it, it took, uh, you did definitely witness an awakening in this country of like, with George Floyd, unfortunately, his death had to, 
inspire that. If, but do you feel any sense of hope from that, that like finally uh, this was something that was already happening, but it was it sort of woke up the country to unite more and work together. And it's 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 very encouraging that, that people are coming to you, because I think do you feel like we just hit a breaking point where we something we had something had to be done? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I question myself often, you know, of do they really understand or is this something that just has to happen because um, it's, you know, it's in your face. You know, do individuals really understand what's going on? And, and I question that often when I see so the, the huge uh, disparity in, in voting. You know, and it, it goes further than the crime, you know, voter suppression. We've experienced so much in these last four years. And as I said, I, I wasn't really sure how individuals could say, oh, I didn't see that. But I had a massage uh, last weekend um, and the, the masseuse, he was speaking and I, and I felt that he was really sincere and genuine. And initially when he said, you know, I really didn't. And he was white. Um, I, I didn't I didn't really see that. And I didn't believe him. But the more we talked during our massage, it was the first time that I realized may, maybe some really don't see it. And is it that they don't see it because they've never experienced it? They don't want to see it or um, they don't care to see it. So, you know, I'm glad that the the community and, and many corporations who, who run our world have now decided that they wanted to be a part of change. A lot of the partners that I speak with, NFM Lending um, and, and Giant and Truist, you know, say, no, we really want to be a part of of a good impact. We want to be a part of the resolution. And we see what's going on, and we must be a part of it. So I feel like it's, it's a great... Um, it's a good start, right? It's encouraging that he talked to you about that and was honest with you. And, you know, it, it just proves there's more work to be done. But then I think I, sometimes I internalize like, well, well, am I doing enough? You know, am I am I helping get the word out? Like, how, how come they don't know that? You know, um, and, and, you know, our, our jobs are similar in that we're, we're trying to, you know, get the word out. It's, it's also part of the job um, and super important because people don't know what they don't know. Right. So right, is, right. that sounds oversimplified. But um, but I think it's a start. It's not enough, but it's definitely a start. So that that is encouraging for sure. And I know COVID-19 and, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier in the program, it's been a whole year now. And um, how has that impacted you and, and how have you shifted things um, virtually or, you know, it, do you see an even greater need now, obviously, during the pandemic of multi-layered needs, I'm sure, um, beginning with a lot of things we mentioned with, you know, the food insecurity and the digital divide and all these new problems that we have now that the world is so virtual temporarily and and we'll get into also the COVID-19 vaccine because I'm sure that you guys uh, at the Greater Baltimore Urban League are very involved in helping with ensuring the equity and the access to the vaccine and services and all of that because that's an an important topic to to talk about as well so um, how have you adapted and shifted and how how can people still help is volunteering something that we can do now or not is it more donations that are the best way for people to get involved because I really want people to know how they can get involved and help you with your efforts. Definitely. Um, Baltimore is a, is an area of, it's, it's wild because you have on one side an area of downtown that is, you know, extremely, extremely wealthy and wealthy in resources. And you can literally take a walk 
from downtown Baltimore a few blocks to to um, excessive poverty, where you know you have squeegee boys standing on the corner. Um, some of them because they have nothing else to do. Some of them because they're in severe poverty, and some of them because you know it's something an activity for them to do, and they can you know pretty much raise a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know during during this time of COVID. Um, it's it's been wild. We we've literally had to um, it, the the great word that that I heard also that we hear all the time is um, pivot. You know we've had to pivot. So much. <laughs> yep, that's a buzzword. That and the new normal. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it's wild, um, and COVID is is really wild for me personally. It actually hit um, in February of last year. Um, and it, it hit in my home where my son called me. He was um, just left basketball practice. He went to Poly and uh, called me from his bed and told me that it felt like something was like laying on his chest. Um, and, and it was really odd. And my son is not a person to complain. And he doesn't, you know, if he's ill, he'll just lay down. He doesn't let anyone know. You'll never know. I only know when he's sick because he'll sleep and he doesn't, you know, particularly sleep long. Um, so that went from uh, a visit to um, urgent care that really couldn't figure out anything, that didn't want to tell me anything, to actually my next-door neighbor, who is uh, now a psychiatrist. She was a nurse practitioner at that time and continued to send me text messages that uh, she didn't want to be honest with me. Um, she just kept telling me he's an athlete, and I, and I really um, – I'm really not comfortable with the things I see on his EKG, uh, and I think you should take him to the hospital. And that turned into uh, taking him to St. Joe's to an emergency trip, um, one o'clock in the morning, uh, being transported from St. Joe's, which is University of Maryland, to Johns Hopkins Pediatric Cardiac Care um, in ICU. And, and you know that, that I wasn't even sure there was reciprocity there. Um, and we learned that evening that there was a virus unknown to anyone that was shutting down his heart. And he was in really, really bad shape. Um, and, and that happened on Valentine's Day. And unfortunately, my son never got back to school. And we still believe to this day that it was COVID. He is very angry anytime we say it because he says, no, that wasn't it. They said a virus. You know, they said mono, this and that. But um, it hit hard in my home where you know we were we could have lost my son mm-hmm. uh, so I was you know I, I felt like what else can we do and and we do a lot of work with um, students in our college and career readiness program with our SLP program and um, we have pivoted so much as I told you before our programs is college and career readiness um, and we had a mentorship internship um Yes, yes, yeah. and support to small businesses. And when I tell you we pivoted completely where we never provided, you know, food, we've given out over 7,000 meals, uh, actually 9,000 at this point now since October, in food distribution. And that was in a partnership with University of Maryland. And then we also actually we provided more than 9,000. We also partnered with uh, Outback and um Outback and Bonefish Grill to provide meals to those experiencing homelessness. 
uh, we didn't have a, a program for homelessness, and we gave out over 90 uh, wearable sleeping bags to those experiencing homelessness. Our, our first thought was a tent, but then we learned that if the tents are unoccupied in the city, they're actually picked up and thrown away, and, and we were just devastated by that. Oh, so, geez, we didn't, I didn't know that. That's awful. Yeah, it yeah. is awful. It, it, it's definitely a need to provide some other type of support for for them. So we provided um, uh, blessing bags that, that provided uh, toiletries for those experiencing homelessness. We fed them that day, and we went out with our, our volunteers. I say all that when you look at our website. We actually were working with paid staff of, of three, um, and then it went down to two. And we have over 40 um, dedicated volunteers that help us provide our support and services. And, and luckily, with our support from our sponsors, we've had now the ability to start to build an infrastructure. We, we just didn't have the funds to have staff, but we have a numerous amount of volunteers to support us. So when the students weren't able to go to school, you know, NFM Lending and Reasonable Tech Solutions provided funding for us and also provided free laptops so that we could go out and find students that did not have the capacity to continue their education at home. We started feeding individuals. We've given out over 2,000 masks uh, and PPE, hand sanitizer. We did drives for voting, uh, voting registration. So we receive our support in a number of ways. Some of our partners will provide some technical assistance and provide webinars for us or come and do hands-on service and support with us where they will provide um, meals when we're going throughout the city and providing education to families. Um, the vaccines, Tylenol has supported us with blood pressure cuffs. But, you know, finances it is always um, welcome, and that's what we need so that we can build an infrastructure to provide the vast need that we have. We serve 140 students, but there are 96,000 students in Baltimore City that require our support. Um, so, all of our partners, anyone in the community, we're open for support with volunteers, you know, specific skills you have. If you can come in and train individuals on certain IT for free so that they can get skilled and trained and become employable, those are all things that we request um, from, from partners. So it's not always financial. Their, their hands, their care, a, a kind word, encouragement and empowerment to those in poverty is what we look for. That's what we stand on, support to to those in uh, marginalized communities. Well, I applaud your efforts. That's amazing. And real quick, how is your son doing? I, I really want, um, was worried about him from from your story about his uh, heart ailment in uh, Valentine's of last year. Yeah, it, it, it actually took a long while. Um, for, for three days, we, um, his father and I uh, and his sister, we, we literally sat and watched him um, uh, didn't sleep because the doctors continued to say that any sudden um, any sudden engagement, movement, laugh, uh, sadness can cause immediate death. So, so I was terrified because he continued to to have nightmares and dreams, and I was scared that he would have something that would you know take him out. Um, and in July, I believe, no, actually was probably October, December, he was finally cleared um, by Johns Hopkins cardiologist, uh, which was a true blessing because we were, we were not sure if he was going to be able to, um, you know, play his sport anymore. He's been playing football and basketball since four years old. And many people don't, don't understand that, you know, sports is one thing, but when you have an individual, my son is, is 
brilliant um, AP courses, um, ACE AP courses, very brilliant. Um, but individuals, when they play a sport or they have a skill just like someone that plays the violin, um, that's something that they that is a part of their life and becomes their livelihood, their their identity, how how they um, fit in to to their their self. And when you take that, when that's removed from them, how devastating that that can be. It is. Um, yep, that's the word I was going to use. It is very devastating. So I'm glad to hear that he's doing better. Has he been able to resume sports then? Uh, well, he he um, he will actually. You know, with with COVID, his he he. With the grace of God and many friends and supporters that that really believed in him and empowered him and supported him, um, a college friend from Philadelphia supported us in speaking to other colleges because um, he, he he wasn't getting that here, and um, he received a opportunity and scholarship to play for um, Chestnut Hill College in Philadelphia. Oh my gosh, that's where my mom went to college. I'm from Philadelphia originally. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so so I'm so, so proud of him. That's amazing. I was born in Chester, um, and raised in Chester. Um, went to school in Delaware, private schools in Delaware. Uh, went to Cheney University and lived in Philadelphia for uh, for a good while um, in school. But um, yeah, that's wild. That's that's where he, I, I'm surprised. That's where he ended up, and and, and I can't tell you that. Um, that my heart is very content that he has found a home outside of home where I, I see him just glow. Um, and unfortunately, they canceled the season for COVID. His, his coach is the first, um, the youngest NCAA coach in in history um, right now in NCAA, and he's from Maryland as well, um, Coach J.J. Butler, who's amazing. Um, he canceled their season because they shortened it so much. But he's up there with the team, and they actually started – practice on uh, Monday and I was able to go and visit and, and watch and see that he was comfortable and, and resuming his activities as well as all of the other student athletes that have, you know, have wanted to get back to life as, as well as the rest of us. Well, that is great news. And we've been talking to Tiffany Majors, president and chief executive officer of the Greater Baltimore Urban League, part of our Intercom Baltimore partnership with the National Urban League. It's been such a pleasure, Tiffany. And we look forward to talking to you again next quarter, right down on your calendar, June 13th. And people can find you online at gbul.org and on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even LinkedIn. Tiffany, awesome. Thank you so much. I think we thanked all your sponsors and people know how they can help now and and uh, anything else real quick before we go uh just just one last thing i just want to um be sure that individuals know we are working with our national urban league um the biden administration and the cdc right now we've just received a grant to get out and educate um black and brown communities on the vaccine to to give them the true facts and education um they they can't access online they can't see the webinar so we want to let individuals know that we are going into the community to make sure that the vaccine is accessible the vaccine is here but it's still not getting to the black and brown communities just like testing didn't get to the black and brown community so we're going to our churches we are going to our barber shops our hair shops our daycares our rec centers um, and all of those communities in, where many individuals don't want to go, we are stepping foot in our communities and we are educating our black and brown folk in regards to what the vaccine does. Uh, we understand the past histories of Henrietta Lacks and, and the Tuskegee study, uh, but we also understand the effects of the racism that still occurs in healthcare right now. But we are working to educate 
and empower individuals who are interested in the vaccine to get that to them. So that's something that I definitely want to um, inform everyone that we are supporting efforts to educate black and brown communities and minorities, and as well as get that vaccine into these communities where where they, they can't they don't have access to transportation to get out to the affluent um, areas to receive that. So that's just something that I wanted to make sure we well. Wonderful. Thank you for saying that because that's that's everything's been important, but that is really, really critical. And thank you for all of the efforts for, on that on that uh, in that arena and, and beyond. I mean, all that you do, I, I don't even know how, how, how you had time to talk to us today. Tiffany, you're very, very busy. This is amazing. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that and the progress that we've made uh, between now and then when we talk to you again next quarter. Um, so again, Tiffany Majors, President and Chief Executive Officer from the Greater Baltimore Urban League. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And you don't have to wait for June. Believe me, we are the subject matter experts and, and advocates. <laughs> reach out anytime you want. We are happy to support you. You know, it's a, it's a two-way street here. Oh, we de- absolutely. I, let's let's make it sooner oh. than that. I'm, I'm putting another date on the calendar right now. That's a very, very good point, Tiffany. Anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to reach out any day, even tomorrow. Um, you know, absolutely. we're so happy to help. Thank you so much. And again, gbul.org for more information. And uh, this has been a production of Intercom Baltimore. Thank you so much for listening.